Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome in to the Graham Lincoln McLean podcast. It's time to preview the weekend. We have some great games this weekend. Mac, I know last weekend, Georgia Clemson was all the rage, right? But I would argue these games this weekend, the overall slate is better and more interesting, and you have teams that are uh, more well-matched. You've got low spreads. So I am super excited for this weekend, Mac, and I know you are as well, my friend. Hello. Absolutely. What's up, KG? It's Friday. We're previewing the weekend. Another great weekend. And really, you know, week two is kind of like that lull you to sleep. And we have some of those games, but we also have some really fun cross-conference matchups. And man, ACC, Pittsburgh, I'm looking at you. The balance of this conference is in your fingertips. NC State, you guys can do it. So we'll talk, we'll talk about it. We'll break it all down. But some of these games, Kelly, I am jacked up and cannot wait to watch. Oh, no doubt. Mac, don't forget Syracuse. Come on now. That's why I said that's why I said some of Syracuse, these games you know, we'll talk about. We'll Syracuse talk about Rutgers it. is really our first taste. Syracuse Rutgers and UVA Illinois, our first taste of the alliance. Oh man. A little ACC Big Ten, you know, matchup, kind of like basketball. You guys have been doing that for years, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been to a lot of random Big Ten cities, Um, (laughs) towns, villages, villages. Villages, Let's go with villages. villages. Okay, Mac, our big four breakdown. We've got four big games that we are going to run through today. If you missed our recap of last weekend, Monday's episode, go check it out. Um, And Wednesday, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh's quarterback, joined us. And I just want to say this, Mac, very quickly. The listenership that we've had over the past couple weeks has been awesome. So thank you. If you're listening, if you take time to download it and tweet us or you download it, you just listen. We really, really, really appreciate that. I feel like we need to say that more, but this past week has kind of blown us away. Right, Mac? Absolutely. You guys make this show run. You make us keep going. Uh, And and the listenership has been tremendous, especially Monday. Everybody wants to know uh, what the heck happened to their team or or why they were so successful. (laughs) And uh, we appreciate you guys and, uh, you know, couldn't do it without you. Exactly right. Okay, big four breakdown. Let's get to it. Let's start with, I would say, I don't know, I'm also excited for NC State, Mississippi State, but I'm very excited for this game. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. All right, this is a 12 noon kick on ESPN. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite on the road at Neyland Stadium. The over-under is 57. This is the inaugural Johnny Majors Classic. And let me throw out this stat for you, Matt. Before we dive in, Pittsburgh under the Nardus is one and eight versus non-conference Power Five opponents. They did beat UCF, but you know that stat does not give me a lot of confidence. I'm sorry I started with that. I'm kind of regretting it. But tell me why you think or you have confidence that Pittsburgh can waltz into the stadium that I think is going to be rocking and salvage the soul of the conference. Well, KG, I didn't know that stat. And now that I do, I'm not feeling good about, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. This is a new day. It's a new team. This is a stacked offensive team and probably the best one that, you know, Narduzzi has ever had top to bottom. When you look at what these guys have on the offense, we saw flashes of that a week ago, understanding the opponent, but Kenny Pickett looks smooth. We spoke to him earlier this week and 
He's feeling good. He loves this team. He loves this wide receiver room. And when you add a guy as special as Lucas Kroll, who led Pitt in receptions and, and yards, and you know, I think that he's going to be a really key piece. Now, he's a transfer from Florida, so he has played Tennessee many a times. He's going to be excited and, and used to this type of environment they're going to you know be in. So look for him to be a big-time leader in this game. But I'm excited, and I cannot wait to see this defense going against this UT offense because if you look a week ago, Tennessee could not throw the ball. They they you know they did it clearly, but not effectively. And you're not going to be able to run on Pitt. That's just what they do. They shut that down. And so it's going to be interesting to see those guys are going to get back to Joe Milton. They're going to make him get in a rush. They're going to make him make quick decisions. And then those guys in the secondary are really going to just, I think, make play. So I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a war up front, battle in the trenches, and uh, you know, really can't see, can't wait to see it. You mentioned Joe Milton against Bowling Green. He was 11 of 23 for 139 and a touchdown, and he did rush for 44 yards, two rushing touchdowns. We should mention Bowling Green State University was arguably one of the worst teams in college football last year. So, no, really. I mean, go back and look. And so I don't think they're going to be much better this year. And Tennessee 38-6 win. Also, UMass is terrible. Pitt beat UMass. UMass is one of the worst teams in college football. So I'm not sure we know much at all about either of these teams from their week one games. I'm very curious about this, Mac, because Tennessee, under Josh Heupel, they are trying to play so much faster. It's tempo, tempo, tempo. How do you – I know you're an offensive player, but how does a team – change their preparation to prepare for a team that you know is going to go that fast leading up to the game? Practice. I mean, you, you fly around. You you have your scout team just going crazy and maybe a couple extra wind sprints uh, at, at practice, just understanding that, hey, we're, we're going to be moving and we're going to have to get set up quickly. We're going to have to get in a base defense. It might not be the perfect call, but it has to be a call, and we can't be looking to the sidelines. And these guys have enough experience, enough talent, especially at the linebacker level, uh, who, who most likely sets the defense that they'll have a good plan in place. But I'll tell you, Kelly, what what'll shut down a a high fast tempo offense really quickly is negative plays. If you're in a hurry and you're going backwards, you're going to slow down. You're going to be like, "Whoa, let's pump the brakes and and make sure we get right." Because guys like Josh Patrician at linebacker number zero and uh, defensive tackle Kalaja Kansi, they're going to uh, make their introductions in the backfield. I can promise you that these guys are so active. They do a great job of disguising, you know, their blitzes and different packages they're going to show you. If Tennessee gets behind the chains, Pitt's coming and they're going to bring pressure. They're, they're going to disguise it. They're going to show you one thing on, on the left side. They're going to bring it on the right. So I'm excited to see this game plan. I'm excited to see what they have dialed up because Joe Milton also got sacked three times by Bowling Green. That this ain't Bowling Green's defense. That's right. These guys are coming to play and so, you know, I'm excited to see what they try to do uh on the other side, you know, with Tennessee if they're able to, you know, really just shut down the run for Pittsburgh who we've seen struggle and they make them one-dimensional, you know, what does that look like? You know, Tennessee has some guys that can rush the quarterback as well. Pitt's offensive line not the the best in the world, but certainly serviceable. So, it, this is going to be an interesting matchup, and, and I'm really interested to see how it shakes out. Different styles. I would say Pitt is relatively one-dimensional with the way they pass the ball. Tennessee, at least what they showed against Bowling Green, they rush for 326. They pass for, they pass for 144. So they want to run the ball. And that worries me a little bit when you're at home 
if you can run it, if you can control the game. But the difference is Tennessee wants to go so fast. So it's not like they're going to have seven-minute drives where they're running the ball. This is not Georgia. So I think that's going to be okay for Pitt. I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to just hold on to the football because they don't want to. It's not what they want to do at all, Mac. Yeah, and historically, Kelly, you look at Pitt these last five years, you can't run on them. It's just the point-blank period. Nobody can run the ball on these guys, and that's not going to change Saturday. Okay, so let's talk about keys to the game, Mac. What's your key for Pitt, and what's your key for Tennessee? The key for Pitt is to blitz all night. That is a uh, remember the Titans reference. I think they're going to light them up. I really do. And, and you know, I think it's going to be at the point where – Tennessee is going to be forced into passing situations. I just think that the lack of success in the run game is going to get you in, you know, second and 10, second and 13, third and long to medium. So I think they're going to be forced to throw a little bit more, and that's when Pitt's going to dial it up. And and I'm actually doing a tape Saturday, guys, so check it out, of what Pittsburgh is going to show you and what they're going to try to do to you. Um, The key for Tennessee has got to be run the ball effectively. If they can do that, they'll be in a great spot. Now, we might see something totally different. They they might have called a very vanilla game plan on purpose, but I just see the pass percentages. I saw some of the, the balls thrown from Joe Milton. I'm not sure if that's the case, but the good thing is we got to play the game and find out. That's right. And Mac, my uh, Kelly's random key of the weekend for this game. I think when you go tempo, 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 one thing that Tennessee is going to try to do is either wear you out or lull you into we're we're running the ball. And then they're going to try to break one or two explosive plays. And, And that could be the difference maker in this game. Now, I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Milton throwing the deep ball. Okay, he has not really shown the propensity to be able to do that. If they can connect on a couple of those, if their tempo can work to the point where they do get a couple explosive plays because Pitt is tired or whatever, that's where I'm worried a little bit for Pittsburgh. Um, And then, of course, for Pitt, just dealing with this crowd, dealing with Nealon, it's going to be packed out. And you talk about the O-line, you talk about the offense, communication, um, setting your defense when they're running that tempo. How does the crowd affect that? So, those are, those are my a couple of uh, random keys for Pitt. We are going to pick this game later on in our picks segment, so stay tuned. Mac, the game that arguably the country is waiting for is Syracuse at Rutgers. This is a <laughs> 2 o'clock game on ACC Network. Rutgers is a 2.5-point favorite over under is 51.5. And, and, Mac, let's give some credit to the Syracuse Orange, who got a big win over Ohio last week, and they really looked good. Sean Tucker is a star. I thought the O-line looked a lot better. Um, I was impressed. I was happy for Syracuse. What did you think of Syracuse's win? I was very happy for him. I mean, running their way to a 20-point victory against Ohio in a game that I thought they were going to lose, to be quite honest. They, they looked really good. And I think what's going to be interesting to keep watching is, you know, what does the quarterback position look like? We've got to have more production from the QB. Tommy has to step up. He has to make big throws, get it to your great great wide receivers, and score touchdowns. I mean, at the end of the day, if all we have is a rushing attack, it's not going to fare well for the rest of the season. But Sean Tucker is fantastic. He had 181 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown. So he was a for sure bright spot. I would just love to see you know, Taj Harris more involved, get these wide receivers in the game and, you know, make some make some deep throws because ultimately that's what we've known from Syracuse for so long is, you know, their offense is so reliant upon big shots and, you know, just didn't really see any of that. So 
going to be interesting to see what does Syracuse do? What is their game plan? Because this defense that they're going against from Rutgers is really good. And especially in, you know, game one outing, Kelly, when I just initially kind of looked at, you know, the box score and I see that, uh, you know, Rutgers score 60 points. I'm like, my goodness, this offense is electric. They're lighting <laughs> it up. And then I'm looking at the stats and I'm like, 300 yards, two, two, 300 total yards. What's happening? And then I go and look, you know, play by play and watch the film. And man, that defense, they scored twice. Uh, they caused a couple of fumbles and intercept. It was just insane. Five turnovers and scored twice with a safety and a pick six. So it's going to be very interesting to see can, you know, Rutgers offense do anything without great field position. If Syracuse doesn't, you know, turn the ball over a bunch, can Rutgers, you know, do anything? Can they move the ball? So I'm interested to see how this game looks out for, for Rutgers. You want your guy, your linebacker, Fatukasi, to go crazy. He, he's a war daddy. He is a guy that Syracuse needs to know where he is at all times. He had seven tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble. This Syracuse offensive line, we're going to find out quickly, Kelly, if they have gotten better based on what Fatukasi is able to do because, again, he's coming with bad intentions trying to get after Tommy DeVito. No doubt. And and I think, you know, what you said about Sean Tucker, Mac, and Syracuse, you don't want them to be too one-dimensional, but I do think you still want to lean on the run game here because the way, most likely, the way that you are going to have a bad day turnover-wise is if you throw some picks. You don't have all the faith in the world in Tommy DeVito to not do that. So I think if you rely on your run game, try to keep this game ugly. Try to keep it low scoring. Don't give Rutgers the football. We know Rutgers can run it, but as you said, Mac, all right, look, Dewan or Dewan Mathis, he's the Temple quarterback. Uh, Vedral for Rutgers was 5 of 27. They're not going to sling it all over the field. I think both of these teams want to run it, and perhaps the team that wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. And we'll see, too. Can Syrac Are Syracuse fans going to show up? Are they going to pack that place? Because you've played in the Dome. You know it's loud. Can they provide a good home field advantage for Cuse? That's that's what I'm going to be interesting interested to see and and you mentioned Noah there quarterback for Rutgers a, a guy that really is kind of their do it all you know he was their leading rusher he he's thrown the ball all over the yard 15 of 27 for 138 you know can they contain him because I think if you let a quarterback just kind of scamper around run around like that that's where you can have problems but it's kind of what Syracuse defense is built for to to contain athletes with the three three five and you know just having all of their DBs all over the field. When you have a guy like Mikel Jones who who can really just run with anybody, I think he's going to be the answer. So I'm not saying you want to spy him and necessarily take him out of coverage or take him out of rush lanes, but he'll be the guy that kind of cleans up if anything kind of gets gets outside the edge or outside of the containment of the defensive ends. Matt, could this be a little bit of an O line game? Which O-line shows up? Which team can run the ball better? Sure. When, when you think about it that way, yeah. I, I think if, if we can establish the run, either team, you know, you're, you're definitely going to be favorable and, and have that edge. Like you said, both of these guys, you know, they, they want to run the football. You know, a, a week ago, Rutgers with 220. A week ago, Syracuse with 280 rushing yards. So ultimately, I think both of these offenses built more so right now for the run. So if you love O-lines like Eric McLean does, this is your game. <laughs> this is your game. Who would have ever said that? Syracuse, this is the O-line game. If you game. love modern football, if you love the past, <laughs> I, I'm not sure this game's for you, but if you want to just see some guys beat each other up, <laughs> tune in. Check it out. All right, Matt, give me your keys, your key for Syracuse and your key for Rutgers. I think the key for Syracuse is very simple. I mean, we saw what happens a week ago when you turn the ball over. Uh, five turnovers created by Rutgers a, year, a week ago. 
don't turn the ball over. That, that's the biggest key. And that's something that has plagued Syracuse a bit. Uh, so I think that's the key. The key for Rutgers is going to be heating Tommy DeVito up. You know, especially with a guy like Fatu Kasi, you've got to get after the quarterback, make him make silly decisions, and he's proven that he'll do that. Uh, so I, I think that's really the the key for both of these guys. What's the uh, what's the random key of the day here, Kelly? Oh, man. Kelly's random key is going to be fun. Um, I think the easiest way to figure out who wins this game, whichever quarterback either doesn't throw a pick or throws the fewest picks. And I know that's a, you're talking turnover battle, but I really think both of these teams just want their quarterbacks to manage the situation and don't do too much. So whichever quarterback maybe gets out of that and tries to do too much, tries to make a play that's not there, that's the problem. Boys, you're game managers for a reason, okay? <laughs> Manage the game. That's right. Don't try to do too much. Just be who you are. Be who you are, Matt. I love that. Great advice from KG this morning. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. Okay, the next game, Mac. Here we go in our big four. Number 22, Miami versus App State. 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Miami is a nine-point favorite over under at 54.5. Miami gets to go back home to Hard Rock Stadium, and they're coming off a blowout loss to Alabama, as everyone has discussed. And we talked about this all offseason, Mac. How is Miami going to respond if they do get blown out by Alabama, you can't let it beat you twice. Mac, what have you seen from this Miami team in terms of how you think they are going to respond? I think the leadership from Deer King is is going to be enough. And, and Zach McLeod on the defense to where those guys won't happen. But that's what I'm interested to see is the mindset of this Miami team. How are they going to come out? Are they going to be juiced? Are they going to be excited? Or are they going to you know kind of be like, well... It's App State. You know, I don't really want to be here. I don't. I don't want to. You know, do this because if that happens, they're going to fall to zero and two, and these guys are going to be ready to play. App State is going to be jacked up and excited to face you guys down in Coral Gables. So that's my biggest question for the Canes. How are they going to respond? I think this is such a great opportunity. You know, just to see how mature this team is and if they're moving in the right direction as a program. You cannot let one loss beat you twice. And like I said, I think Derek King and, and the Canes in general are going to handle business. When you see this game, this should be a better snapshot of what Miami is going to be offensively. When you play a team like Bama, play a team like Georgia, play a team like Clemson, it's not a fair assessment, especially in week one, of who you're going to be for the entire season. So I'd love to see Derek King you know, connect with the deep ball better, get more wide receivers involved, have guys like Charleston Rambo, Mark, Mike Harley, uh, just screaming down the field for some touchdowns, and then see the run game and, and see those great trio of running backs. I think one might still be suspended, so a, a duo uh, of running backs and the offensive line keep moving forward because they look much improved. Now, even though they did what they did on the offensive line against Alabama, I thought there was good improvement there. There was, and, and here's my thoughts with Miami on this. Like, I mean, like you said, Mac, App State is just licking their chops, okay? Th this is a perfect situation for them. The only thing that can make it better if this game was in Boone, which Miami did go to Boone a couple years ago. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. That would be the definition of a trap game. Just, just cancel it at that point. But this is where if you're the you, if you are Miami, and you have athletes, like we know this, all right? I don't even want to know where Miami is in the recruiting rankings compared to App State. I feel like it is quite, quite a gap between the two. Um, your athletes need to, need to go to work here. 
okay? You need to beat guys in space. You need to get crazy yards after catch. You need to make this easy for Derek King. And look, Derek King, when he scrambles, he should be leaving guys in his wake, all right? He should be breaking ankles. Like, the athletes need to show up for Miami. You are better athletically at basically every position on the field. So show us that. Be be that, Miami. Come on. You can do it. So I, I think if that happens, then Miami's going to be fine. The other factor here, Mac, is our dear friend Chase Bryce, who has played for two ACC programs, uh, Clemson and Duke. He was excellent against East Carolina. Now, I'm not saying East Carolina's defense is amazing, but he was 20 of 27 for 259, two touchdowns and a pick. One thing we know about our friend Chase is that he is interception prone. And I think that would be huge for Miami. If they get a turnover early, they give their offense great field position, they score and they set the tone. And we know this secondary is made up of ball hawks, or at least guys who claim to be ball hawks. Can they force some turnovers? Can they force Chase Bryce into his old ways? of throwing picks, I think that's going to be big. I agree with you. And I, I think when you look at this App State team, what do they want to do? They, they want to establish the run and then take some shots downfield. And they're going to run the ball. Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, two just beasts of running backs. I was able to see both of those guys in their bowl game a year ago in the inaugural Myrtle Beach Bowl in South Carolina. And then this past weekend, those guys both rush for over 100 yards. So that's going to be the plan of attack. App State wants to run the ball, but they're balanced. They're going to call you know, a, a 50-50 game. They're going to run it. They're going to pass it. And you've got to defend both. And that's what is difficult to defend. So if you're able to eliminate one of those, clearly it puts you in a better spot. But you know, I think what you said earlier, Kelly, about having better athletes at every position is true it's just going to be the mindset of those athletes. Do they know that and want to dominate, or do they know that and think they don't have to try? Because if you don't think that you have to try, these guys can beat you. And they have playmakers too, especially in their secondary that you know I think could easily make some plays on, on footballs and get interceptions and create turnovers. If you're thinking, okay, I'm just going to you know do a little move, a little hezzy, and I'm going to be gone. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to perform, but your performance should be better. I do think the Bama game, if anything, it, it was humbling for Miami. And so I hope that these guys have the right mindset of this is not just App State. Like we and, and everyone knows, like App State's famous for beating Michigan. We know that. But they're, they're not a walkover for anyone. And so I think Miami is going to come into this game with the right mindset. I think Manny Diaz will make sure these guys have the right mindset. Mac, give me your key for the you and your key for App State. Yeah, I think this one's simple again when you look at these guys for, for Miami. The the key to this game is going to be don't look in the rearview mirror. Don't think about that Alabama game. Don't dwell on that loss. Move forward full speed ahead. Give App State 100% of your attention because then I think that's where you show, okay, we're, we're getting better as a program. We're becoming a legit program, and, and we, we understand how to handle business. For App State, I think it's simple as establish the run early and often. That, that's your bread and butter. You have a fantastic offensive line. A lot of those guys came back this year you know, for, for either a super year or just younger guys that are now developed. They're going to want to create that and show that, hey, we're, we're here to play with the big boys. My random key, Chase Bryce is still himself. He's still a little bit of a loose cannon when it comes to throwing the football. I think, Miami, if you pick him off twice, you're going to win the game at least twice. Pick them off, give your team great field position, go score, make the game easier, and you know, show up. Let's see if this defense can show up and, and do what they 
claim they can do. Get that turnover chain out. And don't, you and know, don't, don't get it out and then have to put it back. Okay. Let's get it True. out for real. True. Let's get it out for real. <laughs> that was so embarrassing, by the way. I, I that saw was so bad. it was funny because I saw it and I was like, guys, that ain't a turnover. Please don't do it. Yeah. And they're just out there flaunting it, taking the pictures and then uh, sadly took it back off, went back out there and then got waxed. Those pictures are staying in the vault, not going to be used. Turnover chain looked great, though. Great great job whoever designed this year. It looks amazing. Oh, it looks great. Okay, Mac, I would say the game of the weekend for an ACC team here, NC State at Mississippi State, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. NC State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, over under at 55-and-a-half. This is going to be a really good test for NC State. Look, they played USF, and USF is really bad. They just are. And, and NC State looked great. They handled their business, but that was not a test for State. Now, Mississippi State played Louisiana Tech, turned the ball over a bajillion times, and still found a way to win the game. So I'm not sure how much we know about the Bulldogs either. I do know this atmosphere is going to be rocking. It's going to be a tough place to play for NC State. Let's be honest, Mac. These are the types of non-conference games that NC State honestly doesn't normally play, and they lose. So You've got to get over that hump. If you want to be ranked going into that Clemson game, which I think all of us want that, you've got to win this game. I agree with you. I think when you look at this game, there's a couple of you know, a couple of things that, that you want to point out. Number one, NC State not playing these games normally. I think that was a great point, what you just said there, because it, it's something that in years past, it, it's such a, a cakewalk of a schedule. It's something where we're all just like, man, what is going on? What are we doing? And, and so when you look at it, it's exciting that we're playing it. It's exciting that, you know, we're, we're doing this and, and we're trying to challenge ourselves, um, you know, to play in this game. Number two, the turnovers from a week ago from Mississippi State were just insane. You've got a pick. You've got like five fumbles. I mean, it's, yeah. it's nuts. Six total. Yeah, so it, it's incredible that they still won that game. And so you just have to think that, they won't do that again, I think, uh, you know, ag- against another team. But this is a big test, and, and it's big in the fact that it's going to get national kind of attention. Now, Mississippi State is probably going to be terrible and probably going to be at the back end of the SEC, but it, that doesn't matter because of the mighty SEC. You get a win against the mighty SEC, everybody will pay attention, and everybody's going to say, okay, NC State – you know, you, you, we're looking at you. We understand what you're going to be able to do. So I'm excited for this game. It's a great opportunity for the Wolfpack to go on the road, make some nationwide news, and, uh, you know, just show that, hey, we're, we're for real. And, and I think depending on how you play and how you potentially win this game uh, could only get people more excited. How do you see the NC State defense, which you and I are both very high on, how do you see them trying to defend this air raid attack from Mississippi State. They threw the ball. Will Rogers threw the ball 47 times against Louisiana Tech. They only ran at 19. We know State runs at 3-3-5. Do you see them rotating any guys? What, what do you see there, Mac? Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. I mean, when, when you have a, an offense that has such an aerial attack as Mississippi State, with as you said, almost threw it 50 times in a game, it's crazy. But that's what this 3-3-5 that NC State runs is built for. And what I'm really interested in seeing, what you just brought up there, is do they rotate Drake out for more of a, a DB type player or, or, or just a rangier linebacker to help in this crazy passing offense? You know, I, th- I think that that would be, you know, a real positive 
But at the same time, Drake is such an instrumental part of this defense in stopping the run, getting after the quarterback. It'll be interesting, Kelly, to see how they game plan on the defensive side of the ball. But at the end of the day, if you're throwing it 50 times a game, you have to get after the passer and you have to have success either getting to him, rushing him, pressuring him, and making that quarterback and Will Rogers make silly decisions. NC State, look, the defense gave up 34 to Louisiana Tech. They dared turn the ball over six times. So I don't know how much of that is on the defense. But last year, NC State was top 30 nationally in, in run defense. So I do think they're going to put up a fight against this running attack for NC State. They held Louisiana Tech to 101 yards. State ran all over South Florida. Can they run all over Mississippi State? And a lot of that's going to do with the O-line, but we know Person and Bam Knight together. I, I mean, those guys are special. How much is State going to be – State, <laughs> they're both State. How much is the Wolfpack going to be able to run on these guys? <laughs> the real State. I know that's what you meant. Uh, I'm excited to see that dynamic duo of Knight and Person. And, and are they going to be able to be you know, th- this crazy backfield for an entire season? Or was that just because of the, you know, the, the, the opponent that they were playing? That's what I can't wait to see. And they were very involved – in all aspects of the offense. It wasn't just like run left, run right. They were catching passes. They were split out. They were doing motion. So those guys are tremendous, and I'm very excited to see you know if they continue to flourish and develop into this great backfield. And then Devin Leary, I just need him to be a little bit more effective. You know, there was some you know silly passes, a silly mistake where he severely underthrew a post that probably could have been a touchdown. Um, so just to see him take that next step, uh, you know, kind of in his progression, get those great wide receivers involved. Uh, and, and this offense, I mean, they should be able to do, you know, really whatever they want against Mississippi State. Mac, give me your keys. What is your key for state? And what is your key for state? <laughs> super, it's Again, I, all these have been super simple, which at the end of the day, I, I think keys to the game are. You, you understand what you in have to do. In the end, football simple. It is. It's a super be. simple game. NC State, your, your pass defense has to be on point. You, you cannot get confused. You cannot get burned. If they do crossing routes and things of that nature, if you go man-to-man, it has to be on point. You have to be able to close space quickly. Uh, and that's what I think we saw from a team like Georgia and a team like Clemson a week ago. That, that defense was able to show space and then just eat it up very quick. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're Mississippi State, air it out. That's what you do. It's what you do best. Just throw the football, test this defense, test this ACC team because you're the mighty SEC, and let's see what you can do. But I think you have to be who you are in a game like this, not try to be you know, silly or, or funny, run some trick plays, just throw that football. Okay, my key, Kelly's key in this game. And I'm, look, <laughs> state fans might be mad because I'm kind of comparing Devin Leary to Tommy DeVito here, and that's not right. But Devin Leary, don't try to do too much. I think because you have night in person, and I think NC State's going to be creative in using them and get Devin Leary going with some short little screen passes to those guys and let them go work, as you mentioned, Mac, Leary, I, there's two throws I remember specifically from South Florida. One throw he had down the left sideline that was just beautiful, the first touchdown of the game. And then the sitting duck throw he made that was maybe one of the worst throws I've ever seen, where that ball just had no velocity on it. It was just, and it was picked off easily. So Devin Leary, make good decisions, rely on your running backs. Don't try to do too much. Easy enough. If you do that, you're going to win the game. But Kelly, guess what time it is? Before we get to the speed round, oh, yeah. it's time for our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. It is time. Tailgating is an all-day event, I can attest. 
That was me last Saturday in Charlotte. Let Seaside Grown help you get ready for game day. Start your tailgate off right with Seaside's award-winning Bloody Mary mix. It's super simple, guys. Just add your spirit of choice, and all the other flavors are there. No adding this or that necessary. Just pour, shake, garnish, drink, and repeat however many times you want, every single game day. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned, sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. Each and every jar of their Bloody Mary mix is packed with two pounds of the family's fresh-grown tomatoes. And here's where it gets really fun, KG. All of the 19 true field-to-glass Seaside Grown products are made fresh and produced right here locally or with other American farms the family partners with. They are then bottled in their very own commercial packing facility, proving unprecedented traceability for consumers. They know exactly where the food comes from in their bottles. I have to tell you guys about the smoke and blue ribs I did this past weekend on Labor Day. The flavor was out of this world. It was smoky sweet with a little bit of heat. They were so Good. Guys, do yourself a favor. Go to SeasideGrown.com. Browse their amazing products. Like I said, 19 true field to glass products. And when you load your card up and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 to save 15% on your entire order. We have a new code, by the way. Kickoff was the code last week because it was kickoff. But now throughout football season, ACC15. Use that code. Um, get some of these great products. My brother, he ordered some. And I'm telling you. Dude is a fan. He got some of that salsa, the barbecue sauces. He's trying to become a grill master like you, Mac. He tells me that Come on. he admires you in all of your amazing qualities, but mainly your grilling ability. So he's <laughs> trying to get on, on that level. Okay, Mac, speaking of picking tomatoes and blueberries, let's pick some college football games. Pitt at Tennessee. Give me your straight-up pick and your spread pick on this game. I am going with the Panthers. I think they're going to knock it out. I think Pitt is really going to step up tall defensively. Uh, I think they're going to be able to to shut down the run for Tennessee. I think they're going to limit their offense, you know, severely. So I'm going with Pitt. Take the points there. It's minus three, and then the over under is 57. I might go under here, KG. I think the crowd is going to have a big involvement in this game. We might see a little sloppy offense by both guys, but I'm taking the under and I'm taking Pitt. A lot of the unders hit last week. There were a lot of unders all over the place. It seems that maybe defense is making a comeback, Mac. Look, I agree with you. I know. (laughs) Ugh, defense. Who needs it? I agree with you on this game, Mac. I think Pitt's going to win it, and I think Pitt minus three is the play. My, My main concern is the crowd and the tempo for Tennessee. If they can truly maintain that tempo for four quarters, which is tough to do against a a real team, not Bowling Green, could that affect Pitt's defense, wear them out? I think it's possible, but I feel like Pitt is the play here. And I think Pitt has an advantage at the quarterback position with our guy, Kenny. No question. All right, Matt, game two here of the weekend. Syracuse at Rutgers, a game in the Alliance. Rutgers is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What's your pick? The Alliance Bowl. I like it. This this is the first one of the year. I'm really proud. And you failed to mention, Kelly, um, undefeated Syracuse. You have to say that. When You're we right. My Syracuse. apologies. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Um, I, I am sad to do this. I'm going two weeks in a row picking against Syracuse, but I'm going to do it. I'm going with Rutgers. I don't know why. It's because I'm just scarred for life about Syracuse. And I might take the over on this one. I'm not feeling confident. Interesting. Man, Mac, this is a tough one. I I want to pick an upset this week. I just feel it's college football. Upsets happen all over the world, all over the place, all the time. 
And I love what Syracuse did last week. And this game is in the dome. It's going to be rocking. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm taking Rutgers. I think Rutgers is going to win this game. Minus two and a half as well. Okay, Mac, our third game. Number 22, Miami hosts App State. Miami's a nine-point favorite. Interesting number there. What do you think? Two weeks in a row, I'm taking Miami with the points. I think that Miami's going to have a big bounce back game. I think that um, you know they're, they're going to say, "Hey, look, we want to remind everybody that we're here, that we're here to stay. Uh, we're, we're growing up as a program. We're getting better as a program." So I'm going Miami points, and I'm going over as well. I think they're going to have a good offensive performance. I like Miami to win this game. This is my one kind of switch up here. I'm taking App to cover. I think you know we've seen Miami play these kind of slugfest games with some non-conference opponents, especially early where it's just kind of hideous and it's close. And I think App can keep it close. So I, I, I see Miami winning this game by seven, uh, something like that. But I still think Miami finds a way. They're still recovering from that beatdown. And I think they have to find a way to get their confidence back. And that's why I think picking off Chase Bryce is huge. That, that'll be fun to see the true Bama effect. You know, we talk about yeah. all the time, the Bama effect, the Clemson effect. You know, what does the team look like after playing those respective teams? We'll get a great snapshot of that with Miami and App State here. All right, Mac, our final game here in our Fresh Picks of the Week segment brought to you by Seaside Grown. NC State at Mississippi State, the Battle of the States. NC State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, more cowbell will be requested many times. What's your pick? I'm going NC State. I'm going pride of the conference, taking the points. I'm taking the under. And I think NC State's going to do it. I think they're going to have a really good defensive performance to kind of you know put the nation on alert to say, hey, look, this is a good team. This is a team that has been disrespected. And I also think after NC State wins, they 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 need to be in the AP top twenty-five. I agree with you completely. I think if they win this game, they are going to be ranked, and then they should be ranked when they play Clemson, which will be good for the league. I hate to look. Some people are going to say these are homer picks, and I get it. But these teams are favored. That's the difference. That's the difference with last week. Clemson was the only ACC team favored in these ACC-SEC matchups. These other teams weren't supposed to win. So I think NC State is going to win this game. I do not have faith in Mississippi State. I think, you know, they are going to turn the ball over still, but I think State can – State. Gosh, I keep doing that. <laughs> I think the Wolfpack can control this game, run the ball, rely on your workhorses, rely on night, rely on person. So I'm taking NC State as well, Mac. I love it, KG. That's it for our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. KG, it's time for our favorite, the Speed Round. Speed Round. We have so many games every week, so let's just run through these really quickly, Mac. Another Alliance game, Virginia hosting Illinois. Illinois just lost to UTSA. For people on the East Coast, UTSA is the University of Texas at San Antonio. They're the Roadrunners. They just started playing football like five years ago. 11 o'clock on ACC Network, Mac. What do you think? I'm excited to see, you know, Virginia welcome Illinois to town. I, I think earlier we saw, you know, Illinois, we were excited for them. They beat Nebraska. This is a new year. They're going to make big-time strides, and then they lose in a really embarrassing fashion. I think we see Brennan Armstrong and the boys continue to build on a dominant week one, score a lot of points, look really good. Ultimately, I, I just want to see him continue to play lights out, do it all for UVA. The biggest key, though, is I get a little worried when he has to run the ball that much, throw at them. You know, it's just it's a lot of injury opportunity, and it'll be you know interesting to see what does that wear and tear look like for a full season. Let's see more balance from UVA in this game. They should win it. Let's see some more balance. Let's see if they can run the ball. Mac, can we learn anything from number six Clemson versus South Carolina State five o'clock on ACCN? 
You know, I think when we look at it, we want to see this Clemson offense, you know, just get back to to what we think it could be or get to what we think it could be. I'm sure it'll be a nice bounce back. uh, And and I expect a major performance, you know, on the ground, through the air. The biggest thing that I think, you know, most people need to see is an amazing performance by the offensive line. And and what does that mean? Dominating the run game, zero sacks, the first two uh, you know, on the depth chart at every position, need to come in and, and play very well. I think, you know, people could maybe breathe after that, uh, but certainly a long way to go for, for Clemson to maybe, uh, you know, get back to uh, being out of the playoff because right now their season's over. They might as well not even play anymore. <laughs> at least if you watch hate, some people, that's what I they'll tell that. you. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. But also, with if zero sacks is the goal, which I agree, that's a team effort. That's DJ's pocket presence. That's these young running backs and pass protection and the O line. So all those have to work together. Max, speaking of bounce back, number 24, North Carolina hosts Georgia State. This is a 7.30 game on ESPN3. Is the pressure off for UNC? Can they just go out there and score a bunch of points? Yeah, how interesting. You know, hearing Mac Brown say that, that it feels like the pressure's off. And did the heels losing in Blacksburg actually help them or did it expose them? You know, we'll find out quickly with, with this schedule and who they play later in the year. I, I just want to see Sam blow up. I, I just want to see him perform at the level that we think, obviously, did not do that a week ago. Uh, and these great running backs and, and wide receivers will get involved and I think make that happen this week. Mac, Virginia Tech is ranked the number 19 Hokies. I think they deserve to be ranked after last week's performance. They take on Middle Tennessee State. And many see this as a letdown spot when you look at the spread here for Tech. I think what you're looking at, Mac, and, and me as well, can the offense just look a little more consistent because, look, the defense looked great. The defense, I think, is we, we know what the defense is going to be. But can the offense look a little more consistent in this game? Yeah, that's what you want to see is more production from the offense. You know, guys able to score points, get yards. Love to see Braxton put together a, a full performance. You know, we saw him play a really nice half of football. Uh, but to be able to do it for a full game uh, is what we need to see. And then also, who's going to step up in the run game? We saw flashes from Holston, uh, but really need to see a true running back one emerge and then, of course, defensively, them to just keep building uh, on the performance from last week, dominating up front, creating chaos in the background. That's what you want to see from Virginia Tech. I love it. That was our speed round. Now time for our speed, speed round. <laughs> if you guys want to have fun, okay, have fun listening to this. It's We're almost done. This would be great. Turn us up to like two times on your, on your app and just see how this sounds. Okay, Mac, I want a quick thought on every game. I'm going to read you the games and you just go through. Duke versus North Carolina A&T. This is a big one for a specific reason. 8 o'clock on ACCN. Georgia Tech hosts Kennesaw State. Noon on ESPN3, please, Georgia Tech. Wake Forest hosts Norfolk State. Noon on ACCN uh, Extra. Boston College hosts UMass. I don't think that game's on TV. Louisville hosts Eastern Kentucky. Florida State hosts Jacksonville State. Mac, go. Come on. All right. When you look at Duke, I'm calling that game. Super excited. You guys should tune in. Friday night, ACC Network. That'll be a lot of fun. Just to see Duke bounce back. I mean, an embarrassing loss. Spoke with the coaching staff there in Paris. And to get back in the win column, that'll be a great day. Georgia Tech. Don't know where your quarterback is. Not sure if he's playing or not. It sounded like he went through uh, you know, practice and was able to throw. So just to see those guys get in the win column. Wake Forest, my brother, EJ Manuel, first call ever. Excited to hear him and see him get a great opportunity. I think we'll see more of the same from Wake uh, with a great offensive explosion. Boston College, UMass. We saw what Pitt did to UMass. Expect Boston College to do the exact same. Louisville, Eastern Kentucky. 
you know, Louisville was banged up, and we saw them kind of Jekyll and Hyde type deal uh, where they had a great second half, a lackluster first half. Interesting to see them put together a full game. And then FSU and Jacksonville State, man, excited to see FSU. Are they for real? Was it lightning in a bottle against Notre Dame? Uh, The league needs them. The college football needs FSU to be back. Those guys certainly look like they're on the right path. They play Jacksonville State. I think it's uh, it's going to be more of the same there. And we'll see who starts at quarterback. I still think Norvell's going to play both guys because you want to keep Wake on their toes. For the next week. I'm with you, though. I, I think Milton needs to get the I, I agree. I really but liked what we saw in limited You want to play Travis because you want Wake having to really prepare yeah, yeah. for both. you need both. Yep. That's All right. right. I hope That's you guys right. listen no to question. that on double speed. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Just like this episode was a lot of fun. Another great week, KG. Another great weekend. Uh, just excited that football is back. We're back to normal. These fans and stadiums look tremendous. Can't wait to see what this weekend looks like. Guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see y'all.